welcome to the Dear Writer podcast. I'm Sarah. And I'm Ashley. We're two aspiring collaborative authors sharing our writing journey with you. The ups, the downs, and everything in between. Whether you're just starting out or a more experienced writer, we hope that you'll find this podcast inspiring and thought-provoking. And here's the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Dear Writer. Today, we are recording episode 116. Just to touch on what we were talking about last week, we talked about protagonists and creating the imperfect hero, and we are continuing on our discussion of creating protagonists today. And we briefly talked about last time about how they differ from main characters. We had a short discussion about what protagonists are and explored some important aspects um, about the flaws, backstory, and likability of characters. So if you want to tune in for that, then have a listen to the last episode 115. And today we're going to be going over writing compelling protagonists and a few other aspects of how to make your protagonist an interesting character. Yes. And I guess we want to jump straight into it. One of the things that make uh, your protagonist compelling is often their motivation. Uh, And so I thought we could talk about why it's important to figure out what your protagonist's motivations are and why is it important to, you know, why are their motivations important in the first place? So Sarah? Motivations for everyone characters included since we're talking about characters is what drives decisions and decision making so they are important for advancing your character through the plot in a way that makes sense Um, their motivations might not always be static um, or even the right motivations at the beginning you know maybe they want money or they want to be popular or they want a particular relationship to succeed and that might clearly be the wrong person for them but their motivation sets them on a path to change and as the situation challenges them their motivations also slowly diverge from their original wants and become more in alignment with what they really need so because that it sets your character on the path and it drives all their decision making that's a big part of pulling them and your readers through the story and through the plot so it's important for advancing your story and making sure you're not like just floundering nowhere (laughs) Ashley I definitely agree your character or your protagonist needs a reason for doing things and a reason to go on their journey in the first place and given the journey is often very challenging for them and is probably not going to be enjoyable most of the time. There has to be some sort of compelling motivation that keeps them on the journey (laughs) as well. So that's, I guess, why having a motivation for your protagonist is so important. Without them having any purpose, I guess there's no real incentive for the story to go anywhere. So you end up, as Sarah said, just kind of floundering around. Yeah. Not much happening. I was kind of thinking about motivations and I was like, there's kind of, I guess, two motive, like two types of motivations because there's like direct plot related motivations. Like, um, 
the bad guy's going to kill them, your mother. And, you know, you kind of want to have that not happen, usually. <laughs> um, but then there's the, I guess, like more internal motivations that your character has. So things like, you know, their desire to be accepted or, you know, a desire to be loved, things like that, which can also be just as strong um, as the direct, I guess, plot related motivations, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So those are kind of my thoughts um, about motivation, which is tied to the next part, which mm. is needing something, our protagonists needing something to lose. And I guess sort of having a discussion about about that as well. So, Sarah? Well, it's interesting that you say there are kind of two types because when I started writing the notes for this part about why a protagonist needs something to lose, I think it's, yeah, I've written that, you know, it's also about perspective. So I kind of wanted to say that it's more accurate to say that characters need to want something and their want could be to keep things from changing and to not lose something or someone that they already have. Um, or it to be could be to gain something that they don't have and perceive as necessary to advancing their life. So I think, you know, that's kind of the want and the motivation kind of side of things. But then there is also the perspective of, like you say, plot-driven ones, which while not losing something can be a character's primary want, um, it can also be a secondary unknown aspect to the character's life and situation. While I don't see that as 100% necessary, um, having something to lose, even something that's not fully in the character's awareness at the beginning, can help to drive the motivations alongside their want or like their primary motivating factor. So I thought the best way was to give an example of this because I was like, oh, this is kind of a little bit complex. But to explain, I thought I would use our character Simon as an example because he has many flaws and many issues. <laughs> he does um, have a lot of flaws. So his primary want in the beginning is money, to be a wealthy and successful entrepreneur and to provide his wife Cassie with all the glitz and glamour she could ever want or need. <laughs> um, so he, he wants to please her, he wants to, and he thinks that money is the way to go, basically. <laughs> But what he doesn't see is that the very thing he wants is tied in with what he has to lose. So he already has more than enough and he has plenty to lose. So when things start snowballing, so he loses his wealth, um, his wife and his life as he knows it, it further motivates him to get things back to the status quo. And it also helps him to see that what, he already had and why his primary want at the beginning of the book more money is kind of misguided so what they have to lose becomes an extra driving force um, it challenges their flaws and it ups the stakes for the character and that's kind of how I see the something to lose tying in with their wants and the motivations Ashley that's very well described <laughs> I think <laughs> 
And I liked the example. And I was going to add that um, hilariously. Oh, so a few episodes ago, we talked about the character, doing character like personality quizzes. And I was going to say that Sarah did, redid one for Simon and, you know, it came up with the characters. positives about their personality and then all of the negatives <laughs> yes and that um simon we're like oh yes all of the flaws they match up with simon's flaws and we're like but none of the positives seem to match up and then sarah was like yes that's where he needs to develop so <laughs> <laughs> it was really interesting because yeah you know you get the character rundown and well the character rundown the um personality type rundown <laughs> and yeah, I was like, it doesn't seem like him. But then I was like, no, but that's who the person he's going to become in the end, hopefully, <laughs> once he fixes all his issues. Once he fixes all of the flaws. And we're like, ah. So it was kind of like, I guess if you're doing those personality quizzes, the strengths of a character might not always be clearly seen at the beginning. They might be more apparent at the end. Yes. And the, the flaws might be the most obvious um, character traits yes. at the start. I had, well, I was like, you summed it up very well. I had I had written down as notes that um, from a superficial level, I guess there's no risk, no reward um, for characters um, within the plot. And, you know, if your character doesn't have something that they're, I guess, willing to hold on to, for lack of a better term, it would be quite boring if that sort of just sort of went. But I had then written that the act of having something to lose is linked in with their motivations. And I had examples like, do they risk losing the love of their life again if blah, blah, blah happens? And then snowballing, like if that happens, uh, what happens to them if they don't, succeed and how does that link in with what their motivations are so those are like kind of questions that I had written down to kind of think about when you're putting some sort of I guess something on the line for your characters yeah and I was like speaking of Simon and his flaws uh, character development was going to be the next uh, topic to talk about and to go into a little bit more detail about why we need to ensure our protagonists undergo some sort of growth and then asking the question, do you need to map your character's growth before you write your novel or not? Sarah? So I don't think you need to have it fully mapped out, um, but characters are developed as people and because they're people, they should grow. And a character who has already done most of their growth, so they might be like a more um, self-actualized character, while they can make great supporting characters, they can be, if they're the main protagonist, they can be kind of flat and they don't provide a great story as it becomes merely about the plot and even the most fraught situations are met with ease because which makes a boring story. And so generally the only time this is acceptable is for, we talked about series in one of our previous craft episodes and an episodic series where the story is mostly about the plot. And 
in these sorts of scenarios, readers expect little character growth for the trade-off of an easy or an exciting read about a crazy situation. But even then, the plot needs to be challenging enough to the character that they don't fly through it. So you could say that there is, in fact, character growth in these series because I'm sure any person, for it to be realistic, if they are challenged with an event, they're going to grow in some way. And so those characters probably are undergoing growth. (laughs) But, um, you know, arguably, it's just not as easily seen and it's less visible to the readers. Yes. Um, And so usually those characters, though, have quite substantial flaws. Yes, this is also true. Generally, you know, heavily exposed by the villain or whoever it is that's in the story. And that kind of is what drives the story forward, whatever those flaws may be. Um, Yeah, even if they don't grow, they are still not, they're not perfect. I think the flaws are very carefully chosen in those Mm -hmm. types of stories (laughs) because they have to be ones that they can maintain and keep without frustrating the readers. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Um, So they're more like personality traits sometimes than flaws that clash with the situation. Yes, that makes sense. That's kind of related to what I was going to say on the flip side is that, um, you know, a character who undergoes no growth but is in desperate need for growth is frustrating to a reader. Um, And it makes the character pretty unlikable because not only do they have these major flaws, they are doing nothing to better themselves (laughs) and they aren't even trying to be good people. So it's kind of like, I don't like you. So... I think, yes, your character needs flaws. But yes, there's a fine balance for those episodic series. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Generally speaking, the character should undergo some growth. How about you, Ashley? I definitely agree that some, well, that characters need to undergo some sort of growth, mostly because it makes the story interesting. Um, and readers are often reading about characters who aren't perfect like themselves and readers you often use novels not as an escape but I guess like a reflection on um, Mm -hmm. their life too like you know you think about oh this character did this but he overcame it and you kind of like can relate that back to your own life so at least for me I like to read about characters who somehow are able to to change, adapt, or evolve and become better people. And that's, I guess, kind of like a nice thing when you can see that and you're like, hey, maybe there's hope for me too. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But also people naturally change and develop. Like you're not the same person you were last year or last month, you know, things, events happen in your life, you know, change who you are and you grow. So I think to make your characters feel realistic, there has to be some sort of growth in there um, for your readers to, you know, uh, become attached to your characters. And as for whether you need to map your character growth before writing your story, I think it's good to have an idea of where you want your character to end up in the end. Um, So that there's, 
a goal to get towards, even if it's vague, like I want them to become more accepting of other people. They might not, you know, suddenly go from, you know, devil to saint. <laughs> yeah, but you know, you want to have them to have made a step in that direction. So I think that's often a good thing to have in mind, but I think the way they get there is to be seen when you're writing and that doesn't have to be mapped out Um, because at least then you're ensuring that there is some sort of growth in your characters within your plot that's what I think actually just thinking about character growth and stuff it just reminded me that not too long ago uh, my husband and I watched The Good Place. I'm not sure if you've seen that, Ashley. No, it's a I TV haven't. series. Basically, it's about some people who die and they're sent to the the bad place. But the bad place is trying to get more creative about how they like punish people. So they put them in a whole lot of situations that are challenging and that the characters don't like. But, of course, what ends up happening is they adapt and they grow from the challenging (laughs) situations and they become better people. And so the whole, like, premise of the series is like, oh, people can change even after death. Well, should there be some sort of different system for, like, recategorizing these people after they die? That sounds quite interesting. (laughs) I might have to give that a watch. It's a, it's a comedy. It is quite quite funny. We quite enjoyed it. Very it's relatable. Definitely worthwhile. This, <laughs> very relatable to this uh, discussion topic today. I have given a slight spoiler away from the first season, basically. So apologies, but you'll understand later <laughs> when you watch it. Anyways, yeah, that was just related <laughs> side thing that I was thinking about. I was like, oh yeah. That's like literally the whole point of this um, TV show I watched. <laughs> Taking uh, character character growth extreme. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, so I guess a final point about I guess protagonists specifically before we get onto some more sort of tips and things like that is how side characters uh, can impact the development of your protagonist. So the side characters kind of exist to contrast or enhance the character's flaws. Um, So either the side characters are alike to the protagonist in some way and they might attempt to fix the issue the wrong way if they've also got the same flaw. Or they may have already conquered the character's challenges And I see side characters as either supporting and helping the character, um, even if the character might not agree with them always, or challenging the character and pushing the character to grow through conflict. So I think just in a very brief nutshell, that's kind of what the side character's role is, either helping or causing growth through conflict I was going to say hindering but that's not really accurate (laughs) (laughs) Um, either way the characters are gonna grow (laughs) yep I had something similar I had written that 
interactions with side characters um, are used to either exp- uh, to expose flaws or their redeeming qualities of your protagonist. So very similar to what you had written, although outcome-driven, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was going to add that we we as people don't exist in isolation and our interactions with people shape who we are and I that's no different to your protagonist their interactions with other characters one are what make them feel more realistic but two are what shapes them as well so hence why you can use your side characters to I guess show sides of your protagonist that are either good or maybe not so good yeah for the last two questions we're just going to talk about some tips for creating your protagonist so the first one I thought we could chat about character profiles slash character sheets and whether we use them and whether we find them helpful or not Sarah we use them uh, though we don't focus too much on the small stuff Uh, Our character sheets will outline what the character looks like, which is necessary when you have two writers, (laughs) Um, their motivations, their needs, uh, basic backstory, their personality traits, and their flaws. And knowing these things helps us to stay in alignment when writing our characters. Um, When we are both writing the same character, this is kind of imperative because we have to make it seem like they have a voice Uh, which can be challenging when you have two writers trying to hone in on one voice. (laughs) Um, But, you know, so I I think we do find them very helpful. But I think, you know, as an individual writer, I have also used them as well. And it kind of keeps me on track, like especially if I'm confused halfway through I'm like not quite sure about the character if I'm like writing a chapter and those early chapters where you don't quite have the handle on them referring back to the character sheet you can be like oh okay so you know they've got these things when you see it written on paper I find it easier to be like okay well considering this how would they react Mm -hmm. and that kind of helps me get over any bumps that I might be having how about you Ashley Uh, I thought I would expand a little bit on our use of character sheets, especially in our ancient Greece book, mostly because I was like, yeah, we use character sheets. And then obviously I went and opened our character sheet to be like, what can I note down for this podcast? And the thing that probably struck me the most was how significantly large the backstory and, um, wants fears that kind of thing was versus the physical appearance which was like four bullet points at the end of like a whole (laughs) two-page character sheet and we're looking at Simon and so we had his backstory down there which included things like his family life his childhood some important life events up until our story starts um, his relationships and the state of those relationships and also like his kind of schooling that he's gone through what happened there And then it went into his traits and his wants and his fears. And I was like, wow, this is really extensive. And then at the bottom, it was like tall, brown hair, kind of (laughs) blanky. (laughs) I I thought that was a good, um, I guess, snapshot of what goes behind a character versus like what you can physically see on the character, if that makes any sense. Yeah. To sum up, we use character sheets. They focus a lot more on 
the the backstory and the traits, the wants and the fears, rather than just what they look like and kind of the superficial things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and finally, I just thought we could add any other tips we have for creating your protagonist and also any tips we have for getting to know your protagonist better. Sarah? So, like we just talked about, use character sheets. Even if you don't refer to them often, I find the process of making the character sheet helps to solidify the character in your mind before you start and gives you a base to work from. Because, yeah, I honestly, since starting writing, I've maybe looked at those character sheets like once or twice or something. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I don't really look at them, to be honest. I probably looked at them at the start and... I know that I like one of our characters from our teen novels when I was writing her, I had to refer back to it a couple of times, but for the most part, I don't really pay them much heed once I've got the character down. It's more the process for me of being like, mm-hmm. okay, <laughs> what is the backstory? What is this? What is that? So I think physically writing down that stuff, can be helpful and then you can just go back to it and check as you need it yeah I think the only times I've referred back to them at least in our ancient Greece book is for one of the characters that is lives in the past and is from the past because a few of his Mm -hmm. life events had like like very specific because they happened in history so yeah it was more looking back to like make sure like is do I remember correctly that this is what happened and then just or if I'm, you know, trying to refer to a memory or something like that to make sure that I haven't mucked up and I'm going to cause some contradictions for myself later on. <laughs> yeah. Um, so my other tip would be to look at the character in alignment with the plot. Um, you know, does the plot challenge the character's flaws? How will the character react when you put them into the plot and challenging situations you have in store for them? How will they grow? What issues do they have to overcome and like we've talked about, about the personality quizzes, um, if you haven't listened to it, and then you can check out our last creative exercise. Um, so some things from me, I thought that it's really helpful to think about the yeah. kind of character you need to tell the story you want, if that makes any sense. <laughs> um rather well that's mostly because we're plotters likely as we kind of discussed before but I think that's a really helpful thing to do rather than trying to like if you develop a character and then develop a plot and then trying to fit the character into the plot if that makes any sense um, that's challenging it's easier to make the character you need my next point which I've mentioned a few times is not being set on the really superficial things just really get your background and all of those wonderful um wants and fears things like that sorted and then your the kind of more fun superficial things can come later and then as a final one that's a bit more enjoyable I'd put down a character playlists because sometimes you can get a really good handle on your characters as we've mentioned in we did a uh, episode about music and inspiring creativity through music I think playlists can be really helpful to sort of work out the mood and the tone of your character so that's a I guess a kind of fun side one that you can do you know you want a bit of time to get your note to know your character a little bit better what's their theme song <laughs> yeah <laughs> what's their theme song what artist represents them as a whole <laughs> 
what's actually really hilarious is, uh, so I think I've mentioned before that for our young adult series, the character Levi, I thought that um, Daughtry was a really good artist that kind of summed him up. And a lot of the songs kind of are what I kind of feel um, about Levi. And hilariously, uh, my baby, (laughs) he loves Daughtry. And when he was newborn and like two months whenever I played Daughtry it would be like he'd fall asleep to it and I was like this is hilarious (laughs) Levi's favorite artist clearly my baby likes Daughtry too so that made me very happy (laughs) it's funny it's cute so anyways that I guess brings us to the end of our discussion about creating imperfect heroes um anything else you wanted to add Sarah nope I think between the episodes that we've done we've probably covered it fairly well. <laughs> Excellent. That brings us to mistakes of the month. If you have any, there's none from me this month. I don't think I even found a single mistake in the chapter that I edited. I don't think I found anything in mine. None from me really either. Um, they're just so badly good. written. That's all. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's just bad writing. <laughs> Which, you know, can sometimes be funny, but mainly it's just painful. So. I'm going to share all of that with you. Alrighty, so then let's wrap this episode up. Yes. So if you would like to be on our Author Spotlight episodes, then you can apply by going to uh, lindersoncreations.com, hover your mouse over the podcast tab in the main menu, and you will find a drop down to be featured on Dear Writer. And next time on Dear Writer, we're going to be going through another one of our creative exercises, which is yet to be determined, but <laughs> I'm sure it will probably involve us writing some sort of eccentric poetry of, or something of that description, which is always hilarious with some really, so we'll see, or maybe we'll switch it up and Sarah will find another exciting exercise for us to try. Yes. But regardless, it will be enjoyable. And if you'd like to know more about us and our writing projects, you can visit us at lindersoncreations.com or contact us on Facebook or Instagram under the handle Lindison Creations. And if you enjoy the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or subscribe on your podcatcher of choice. Tell your friends about us and we'll be back next week. Happy writing, everyone. Mm-hmm.